West Clinic Hellness to Wellness Podcast. This is taking people that are sick, out of hope, frustrated or confused with their medical recommendations, or are searching for another pathway to health, and it's finding incredible patient outcomes of people just, just like, like you. And it's not just saying it. You can see and hear the hundreds of patient success stories on our website, blog, YouTube channel, and of course, right here, coming at you with over a century of patient success in the West Clinic system. Here's your host, Dr. Jason hey everyone, Welcome West. to the segment, Why Doesn't My Doctor Believe in Lyme Disease? I'm your host, Dr. Jason West. We have a Lyme series program that we've put together asking and answering those questions about what is Lyme disease? Why doesn't my doctor believe in it? Are there treatment considerations besides antibiotics? Do antibiotics work? What are the classic signs and symptoms of Lyme disease? And why is it that it seems that more and more people are getting Lyme disease? So we're going all over those questions inside of our course, the Lyme disease program. Just wanted to give you information. And this segment is about the problems with medical, traditional medical um, therapies and treatments and why so many doctors don't believe in Lyme disease. And so I started taking care of Lyme disease literally in about 2006. And I had a patient come into the office with a whole bunch of neurologic symptoms associated with, you know, headaches and breathing problems and joint pain. And it just is such a significant problem that I just can't believe that there's so much controversy about it. So I found a couple articles and a couple summaries, and, and I think one of the biggest reasons why there is this hesitancy or the reason why doctors don't believe in Lyme disease is it's such a difficult thing to diagnose based upon symptoms. I mean, if, you, if we just do a quick review of the signs and symptoms of Lyme disease, you know, there's attention deficit, there's autoimmune, there's blurry vision, there's buzzing in the head, there's chest pains, there's arthritis pain, um, there's chronic Epstein-Barr, goes like this in Lyme disease, in my opinion. There's constipation problems, stomach problems, depression, uh, loss of, of orientation. And I mean, if I get myself out of the way so you can see that, you know, neuro neuropathy pain, pelvic pain, peripheral neuropathy, Parkinson's disease, I think is one of the side effects. Restless leg syndrome, rheumatoid arthritis, shortness of breath. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. And I think that you'll see just in all of these different chronic disease pathways, it's so important to be able to rule in and rule out. And there's a huge resistance to Lyme disease in the traditional medical community. I have this great article that I'm going to come and kind of summarize right here. And this article is written by, let's see, uh, Kathleen McNurry at WBUR Morning Edition. So she went out and she's like, hey, I want to find some doctors that will talk about Lyme disease. And she starts on this pathway and it's, she finds it really hard to bring in guests to talk about Lyme disease. And one of the doctors says, it's important to realize the central controversy surrounding Lyme disease is that individuals have quite different perspectives on what Lyme disease is and what chronic Lyme disease is, or what they call post-traumatic Lyme disease syndrome, or PTLDS. And we know this happens 
to about 15 to 20 percent of patients that get diagnosed they have the bullseye rash they get a course of antibiotics and then what happens is those symptoms continue to manifest and again we just saw the tons and tons of different symptoms associated with this one doctor says on here it's a lose-lose to diagnose and treat patients with Lyme disease possibly jeopardizing my practice because there's so much medical animosity about that. Now, the majority of doctors say Lyme disease is caused by a tick-borne infection that's easily treated with a round of antibiotics. That's not been my experience, but that's the medical consensus. But more and more doctors raise questions about the tests to use to diagnose Lyme disease and that the infection is persistent and can wreak havoc on people's bodies. And my experience with Lyme disease is it creates neurodegeneration, neurobehavioral, autoimmune, psychiatric, fatiguing illness. And I take that line directly from the British Journal of Medical Practitioners that talks about these chronic infections literally can be the cause of so many different types of symptoms. And that's why it's so difficult to diagnose based solely upon symptoms and why so many doctors say, I don't even believe in Lyme disease. Another doctor states, if you don't hear back from your provider when you're asking about Lyme disease testing, it means that they're not interested and the environment is so volatile, my job can be on the line and I could have a a medical board investigation in this lose-lose situation. So I like to quote uh, this Dr. Wormer here, who's infectious disease at the Westchester Medical Center and professor at the New York College. A lot of patients in the general population have nonspecific and quality of life impairing symptoms. It's just a fact. And these people are frustrated and they go into the medical system and they're saying, look, I don't feel good. The medical system may not always give them a diagnosis and a treatment. And so what happens is the patient turns into a researcher And I've had a lot of education and a lot of uh, patients come in and teach me about autoimmune disorders, teach me about Lyme, teach me about what it's like to go and navigate um, through the system. And he states in here, can you imagine as a patient going into the doctor's office and saying, look, there's 25 doctors that have missed your diagnosis, but you actually have chronic Lyme disease. Period. And then what happens is the patient can go back to their traditional doctor or their specialist and say, I've been diagnosed with chronic Lyme disease. The specialist or the family practice doctor hasn't been educated or is not aware of the current research. And then their fallback position is, well, I, I don't even believe in that. So the other thing that is so tragic about Lyme disease understanding is that there's no one-size-fits-all treatment. Some people have responded to antibiotics. Some people, they've had antibiotics really cause problems with their stomach, really cause problems with their orientation. I have one patient that has been on about two years of antibiotics that just has the hardest time orienting to what's happening inside of her nervous system. And so what that means is she can't orient to the horizon. So there's a lot of balance issues, a lot of stomach issues, uh, Literally, if I feel that if you hammer people with antibiotics for an extended time period, that you really swap out one disease for another. So you're hammering on Lyme disease, 
and possibly there's some improvement or there's some changes. And then what happens is we have uh, candida overgrowth or we have a GI uh, disruption or we have significant muscle pains and hormone imbalances. So there's uh, basically two groups associated with this. You know, the Lyme disease uh, controversy is there's the ILADS, which is the Infectious Lyme uh, Disease Association, and the IDSA, which is the Infectious Disease Society of America. And literally, you can have experts on each side of the equation, over here and over here. And what is tragic about that is we have lost sight of trying to help the patient. So many people get dug in on their positions that it's difficult for the patients to get, you know, answers and treatments and other things. And, and it literally turns into this this really important thing for providers that they'll say, yes, it's a consideration or no, it's not. And so my experience has been that for the most part, and it literally depends on what part of the country you're in or where you've lived in, is that doctors are, are, have, have made their minds up before the patient comes into the office. I think there's important to do the patient history, look at what are the exposures, where have you lived, have there been ticks that you've pulled off, has there been a bullseye rash, and then the considerations for uh, testing. And I think it's so important to do an adequate workup and do a complete blood cell count and looking at the white cell count, looking at the neutrophils that are fighting bacteria and the lymphocytes that are fighting viruses. That's not specific for Lyme, but I think it gives you really important information to know is there um, a response to the immune system to a chronic bacterial um, system. I think the Western blot has a, a position inside of the Lyme's testing as long as it's in somewhere between two to four weeks after treating, or excuse me, after the exposure or the tick infection. And then what happens is it doesn't become a good test after that because of the different phases of Lyme disease. Uh, and I think a lot of doctors don't understand this, that there is the spirochete phase, there's the intracellular phase, the spore phase, the budding phase, and the biofilm phase. I think that's important to have a, a consideration. I also think it's important to recognize that that really doesn't fit in the traditional medical training and education for Lyme disease to know that there are different phases. So I think that's really important. So it, like one of the classic things is if there is a rash after an, a, a tick bite, I think it's really important to rule in, rule out. But I also recognize that some patients don't get the rash. So is there a history of a tick exposure and what happens to the immune system, what happens to your general condition, and are you having things like some of these symptoms with Lyme disease? I think the hygienics test is, is one of the better tests that's available. I also think a medical um, research test where you can look at a live cell microscopy. This is the same way that they diagnose spirochetes for syphilis is in consideration for that. So what I'm trying to say on this, look, Lyme disease is a controversial diagnosis for some. I think it's pretty straightforward for, for what you know, happens in my clinical practice. And, and doing the workup and looking at those tests, the patient symptoms, the exposure, 
a Western blot history or hygienics test, a possible medical microscopy, and then you can start in on a treatment plan. And you're going to see through this Lyme series program so many patient success stories of people that are not their diagnosis and they're not their disease, whether it's Amanda or Zach or Wes or Bree. We have hundreds of testimonials. So my takeaway or my invitation to this, if you'd like more information, please go to LimeFighter.com. I'm going to put this right up here so that you can see, and I'll get this so that you can get additional information. We have a whole series on, let me get this typed up, LimeFighter.com. We have a whole series of information about the success stories of Lyme disease and how you help people with Lyme disease is you get everything balanced. You balance their hormones, you balance your biochemistry, your biomechanics, you add a mind-body healing component, you create a sleeping sanctuary, and you get on a good anti-inflammatory diet. So if you'd like more information, head over to Lime Fighter. And just as another reminder, every single week, Wednesdays at 6 o'clock, we do different health topics on Facebook and YouTube. Right now, we're doing a significant series on Lyme Fighter that I'd love for you to have participation and education about. I'm Dr. Jason West, and I'll see you on the next Lyme information video. Thank you for listening to the Hellness to Wellness podcast. Every week, we're sharing stories of people beating their disease or restored hope, treatments most doctors don't even know about, and information you need to live your life at the highest level. Remember, live, don't just exist. Do us a favor. Please like the show and give us a rating on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. It really helps to share the message of health and hope. For additional resources like booking appointments and free video masterclasses, check out www.drjasonwest.live. It's internet information you can trust. Here's to your energy, balance, and longevity. And we'll see you on the next Hellness to Wellness episode where you'll be saying, man, I feel good.